You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, everybody. I'm Sarah Box, the host of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, and I want to thank you for coming back and joining us for this episode. And we're going to talk with a returning guest, Tammy Guler-Loeb. Now, Tammy is one of our most popular guests, and we're thrilled to have her back on the show. When she was on the podcast the last time, which is episode 249, so that's been a while back, probably six months ago, we talked about the great resignation, career transitions, the things that we saw in general and Tammy saw in specific happening with the people and groups that she was working with. We also talked about positive daily habits, confronting, conforming rather in the workplace and conforming in our lives, and then her own journey to becoming self-employed and learning to love what you do. But today we're going to switch it up a bit. And we want to focus our conversation today about becoming the CEOs of our careers. And think about that, the CEO, the boss, we are the boss. And I want to ask Tammy about why that matters. You know, why is it so important that we take charge of our own careers and professional lives? I want her to share with us a bit about the framework that she's developed to help women do that. And then how long are women that she's working with and from conversations that she's having in the as she's doing her speaking and professional work how are how long are women planning to continue quote unquote working and how are they defining that and then i've got a surprise question for her at the end but for those of you who might not be familiar with Tammy I'm going to do two things. I'm going to share a bit about her background, and I'm going to remind you to check out the show notes and listen to the full interview with her, 249. So Tammy Guler-Loeb is the author of Work from the Inside Out, Breakthrough, Nine Common Obstacles, and Design a Career that Fulfills You. She's also the host of Work from Inside Out, her weekly podcast. She is a sought-after career and executive coach a speaker who inspires people to design their careers using their self-knowledge and experience, the inside-out approach, to get the lives they have always wanted. And after 23 years as a career and executive coach, she still finds herself learning new ways to look at things and takes nothing for granted when it comes to understanding what people may need or want in moving their professional lives forward. And There's much more of her bio that I could read to you, but I'm not going to because I want to save the time for you to hear from Tammy herself. So with that, let's welcome today's guest, Tammy Guler-Loeb. Hi, Tammy. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Well, as I was telling you when we were making sure all the mics were working, um, my memory of the last time besides the topics being helpful and informative was it was fun. So Who doesn't want to start the year out with some fun? And we're going to have plenty of fun today. I think we will. So let's let's start with this. Um, Why don't more women take charge of their professional or work lives? And, you know, if for nothing else than to just have more satisfaction. Well, I I think, uh, you know, a lot of women when they are 
going into their professional lives. They may be starting out as single women and they're they're on a path. And then many, many, not all, but many will decide they want to start a family. Their lives are moving in other directions. Their priorities are getting broader in terms of, you know, they start, they start prioritizing other things. And and so they've they've got to make a variety of choices about where they're going to put their energy and their attention. And they have more, usually more people that they are responsible for. And I know I'm generalizing because that's not true for everyone. But I think that what happens is we get caught up, and this is true for, for men to some degree too, but we get caught up in all the things we become responsible for, or we start to want or desire to have certain things. And, you know, whether it's homeownership or other amenities, and we get tied to a paycheck or a certain standard of living, and we start compromising between a certain style of living and and the way that we have made progress in our careers to reach a certain level that affords us those things. And so sometimes people make assumptions that if they were to make a change or move away from that, you know, let's say more lucrative place or place that's meeting their needs, that they're not going to be able to get that anywhere else. Um, You know, another thing that I see with a lot of uh, women who have, let's say, um, you know, young children or they're caring for aging parents, they they might be with an employer that affords them a lot of flexibility so that when they need to pick up and go and take care of something spontaneously or they need to take time off, whatever it is, they have an employer who affords them that kind of flexibility and, and understands. And I've seen this a lot where they'll say, well, I don't really like it here that much, but I have a lot of flexibility. And they say it as if, If they went somewhere else, they wouldn't get that kind of flexibility. And so there's this kind of all or nothing thinking that goes into the decision to not even look anywhere else. And I think there's also an element of fear that starting to look for something new, what if I don't qualify or what if I start interviewing and nobody hires me? You know, I think I think there's just um I think people get kind of stuck in a perspective for a whole lot of reasons, and then they they sort of stick with what they know, or you know, it's like be better off to with the devil you know than the devil you don't know kind of thing, and so it it kind of keeps people in a, in a certain place where they have a certain comfort level, and I I'm simplifying it. This is this is quite simplified, but I think that that's that's what what happens for a lot of a lot of people who have. A variety of priorities in their lives and they're trying to keep things, you know, steady and in check. So I can listen to that scenario, Tammy, and I can see it through two different lenses. I could see it through a woman. Let's just take the woman you described who's got some kids who wants the flexibility, who said, I'm intentionally picking this location, mm-hmm. this set of circumstances because it works for me and my family versus yeah. someone who says, I don't want to leave this because right now I need it. So, and mm-hmm. nothing's different between the location. It, it's just different in terms of orientation. 
Right. Am I, right. am I misunderstanding? No. I mean, I think that it, you know, I think you can make assumptions, you know, I need this versus I'm choosing this. Right. And there's, you know, I, I think somebody could easily be looking at it both ways, or you could have the, you could have two different people, both feeling, let's say, restless or not thrilled with their work situation or feeling like they're red, they really would be ready to start growing or developing in a different direction or even just elevating themselves, but not wanting to rock the boat or make any changes in any way because there's so many other elements of their situation that do work for them. And they're telling themselves, I'm choosing to stay here, or they're telling themselves, this meets my needs, plain and simple, end of story. And without without allowing themselves to think, gee, maybe something else could also meet these needs, and I could grow, I could even increase my income. I could be happier at work, but they don't allow themselves to think that farther along or they're not, you know, they're so busy. They're not even, they're not even sure how they'd make the time to work on it. That's an interesting point in terms of being too busy to evolve, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. I have been in that place where not too busy to evolve, but it's like, well, it's not terrible. The work's good. The pay is good. Um, I like the people I work with, but it's not good, quote unquote, good um, or long term good. And Mm -hmm. it takes there is a shift that has to happen and it can happen because things become too painful or it can be happen because things outside of your own control. Right. Like, oh, we're shutting down that facility. We have half of you off. You're done. Right. So they still end in the same way. So. When folks, what does it look like for someone to become the CEO of their own career then, Tammy? Right. So what I mean by that is when someone becomes the CEO of their career, it, it, and this is really, you know, my, my framework, the way I think about it is, it means that you are always in charge of your career, no one else but you. And uh, CEO stands for being curious, engaged, and taking ownership. And so if you can practice those three things, curiosity, engagement, and ownership, those are both practices and mindsets that you would, that you would have no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, then that's going to, to some degree, equip you to deal with circumstances most circumstances, no matter what happens. So if you get laid off, you still feel full ownership of your career. You will have another part of my framework is having a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C so that should circumstances change suddenly, you are prepared to handle things for a period of time if you need to financially. Now, these are somewhat idealistic scenarios, but I, there are plenty of people who have set themselves up this way. And again, I'm not saying that this is necessarily easy to do for everyone, but these are the kinds of things I advise under the best of circumstances I advise people to do. So a plan A 
is that fully curious, engaged career where you are, you're, you're in your zone. It's your, it's your ideal career. It's, it's really meeting both your intellectual, emotional, social needs. You know, life is just, you're just in that great zone. And then your, your plan, your plan B is make sure you've got that six months worth of living expenses sitting in a, in a very easily accessible savings account so that should the other shoe drop, you know how you're going to meet your needs for the next six months while you're coming up with your next plan. And plan C, C is for cash. Make sure you have some plans or ideas of what would you need to do to just bring in some cash. Forget about your degrees, your credentials, and all that for a moment. What could you do to just bring in some cash if you really need cash? So, you know, I'm a very practical person. I think about what is it that you need to do to make sure you're taking care of the basics so that you can be freed up to really do something that both meets those practical needs, but also feeds your soul. Because if you are doing work that really fuels your curiosity and keeps you engaged, CE, and you're feeling ownership, you're going to be a much happier person. And if you're a much happier person, guess what? All the other people around you are going to feel that. And can you imagine if we had more people going to work or being in roles or jobs where they felt that way, what the impact on the world would be? I actually can imagine that, Tammy, and it would be fabulous, you know, because you can tell you go somewhere and someone's loving what they're doing. They showed up. They're just there present. Yeah. And you're like, wow, this is cool. This is good. You know, yeah. for however long the interaction is and what in whatever case, you know, it just right. feels different. And that is right. so refreshing. Big so difference. As you're talking about this, um, the ABC, I like that. Plan C is cash. What would you do? Mm-hmm. We've I've actually had those conversations with my husband. He goes, Well, we've always worked. We would do whatever. We would get right. cash, we'd sell stuff, whatever. Yeah. You know, but part of it is letting go of what for me in my own evolution, part of it is letting go of what I think has to be or how right. it has to be to right. just getting getting real and taking care yeah. of business. So, but when you've had worked with folks and they've done that um, and you can see the shift taking mm-hmm. charge, what kinds of changes are they coming back and sharing with you that they're experiencing both in their jobs, you've touched on it um, kind of at a high level, but, mm-hmm. or in other areas of their life, what are they seeing? Well, one of the biggest things I see is that people have just a significant increase in their in their self-esteem and their self-confidence. So they believe in themselves more. They have just a general, you know, air of of positivity about themselves, their place in the world and their ability to engage in the world and and in life. And what I've noticed is when people do lose a job, the first thing to go is their self-confidence very quickly. And so if you're feeling good about yourself, it it can, you know, it's it's going to allow you to to, you know, unleash your strengths and the things you enjoy doing. It's gonna enable you to 
be far more generous with what you're giving to everyone else around you. And it's going to add, it's, it's only additive. It's building, you know, good energy all around you, adding value wherever you go. And you, you're, you're worried far less about what other people think about you and all the, the kind of burdensome thoughts that actually drain people's energy. And so I find that it's, it's really a great way to, it's like, um, it, it, it's like a it's like being a self charging battery. You 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 get to recharge your battery all by yourself that way. Well, and it sounds like it requires knowing yourself and liking and differentiating between what you do in the world and who you are as a person. Absolutely, uh, you know, I talk to people all the time about really. Uh, being able to, and this is something that's very challenging for most people, is how do you articulate who you are and know who you are? Because who you are and what you can do are very, very different. Most hiring decisions are made based on who you are, not what you can do anyway. I mean, yes, there are certain requirements of certain roles, but when you know who you are, and you don't have to know every little thing, but you have to have a sense of what do you stand for? What are your core values? Or what are the kinds of things that people most appreciate about you when they work with you? What do you like to work with? You know, some people may even have uh, a nickname that people have given them at work or uh, or they know they're the go-to person for certain things uh, because they're always the one who provides this or offers this or is the person who has this kind of influence. So those are usually qualities, characteristics. Those are not usually specific skills or qualifications. And so that's what makes up who you are or the person who, you know, always exudes that kind of earnestness or integrity or the person who always, you know, brings a lightness and a humor to you know, um, a serious situation or just to the workplace. Those are the things that really make a difference in terms of what characterizes you, what you bring to the work you're doing and to the people you work with. Those things really matter. Do you think we overcomplicate what it takes to become our own CEOs in that sense? Oh, we always we're human. We always overcomplicate everything about ourselves. But but here here's what I think. Here's why. Because we we're thinking we're up in our heads with it too much. We're trying to figure it out instead of just letting ourselves just notice. Just notice what if we if we take a moment to reflect. What are the kinds of things that maybe people have thanked us for in the past? You know, there there may be things that we've been thanked for more than once that have left us feeling good. Yeah, yeah, I usually get thanked for doing this or being this way or that way. Um, you know, what are the things that we feel we've taken the most pride in in our work or we've gotten really good feedback on that left us feeling really good? If we just take a moment and reflect on some of those things, those are the kinds of things that really can give us a clue as to what those sort of key qualities or characteristics are that make us who we are. And some of it is a reflection of what others have said to us. 
but it also has to elicit that sort of good internal feeling within us too. The deeper knowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you were talking about mm-hmm. the think it, figure it out, which is my favorite place to go and stress. Let me just, <laughs> let me think about it. It is, it's yeah. like a default for me. It's where I type out personality wise. So I'm really conscious. And now it's like, yeah. and I was asked to, if I wanted to do something next week. And my immediate response was, yeah, I would do that because it'll make me a little uncomfortable. And it was a nice extension and offer to me. And then immediately I went, oh my God, what, what if I say that? Then what'll happen? I mean, I started going to this whole, I better figure it out. And finally I just right. went, okay, what do I feel about this? So I tabled it for a day. I asked this yeah. girl if I could get back to her in a couple of days. And she said, of course. But my husband goes, what is the problem here? I go, he goes, you want to go, right? And I said, well, yeah, but I'm going to be on company. He goes, just go. Done. You feel like that, right? I'm going, yeah, every time I check in, like, am I feeling like I have to? No, I want to. So, yeah. but it was that whole, I overcomplicated it because there are a lot of moving parts in it. And right. I thought, just go and have fun. Yeah. And um, so that's what caused me to ask the overthinking because it's so easy to overcomplicate. Right. Or to predict the future, right? You said, well, I'm going to be uncomfortable. Well, what do you have a crystal ball? You know, you're going to be uncomfortable. And I never, are I'm you really uncomfortable? Are you planning to be uncomfortable? Never. <laughs> Is no. that the plan? <laughs> no. And then I, that's exactly my internal conversation. I went, says who? How do you know? That's a week yeah. away from now. You know, the only thing that would be bummer is if we had a ton of snow and that half hour drive becomes an hour, in which case you can reevaluate if the roads aren't safe. So um, there you go. It cracked me up. It's like, let's forecast a future that's not even here yet. Exactly. So I wanted to ask you, um, you know, with this, as you're talking with women about work and career, what is the tone of the conversation about like, are you talking with people in like, say their thirties and forties who are saying, man, I cannot wait to get this done and retire. Or are they saying, I don't know if I'm going to retire. I kind of like what I do. What are you seeing out there? Well, you know, I'd say most of the women who come to me for coaching are looking for something that they can feel really good about that can provide for their family's needs, but also gives them a sense of accomplishment and a sense of contribution. So it's got to be meaningful for them. They People don't come to me just to get it over with. They don't need me for that. If they just want to get a job, they can go get a job. Um, so, you know, I, I do hear people, though, sometimes who will say, well, I just want that. I want to find something that, you know, is really meaningful that I can do for the next, you know, 10 years and then I'll be done. And sometimes when I hear that, it makes my heart sink a little bit only because, you know, some of these people are, you know, they're thinking, well, I'm I'm only going to work till I'm this age. And it's like, and I think, what do you think is going to happen at that age? Like, what do you think you're going to be like or what you're going to be doing then why why is that a magic number and sometimes i ask them um sometimes you know it's something like well you know my husband's 10 years older than me and he's going to be tired of waiting around for me i've got to you know we want to travel or we want to do this or that so sometimes it's it's something you know very straightforward like that but other times it's just like 
well, I don't know, that's when my parents retired, or that's the age that most people retire, right? Or my financial planner said, blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, but the answer is very rarely, you know, that just, you know, feels like a good juncture in life when I'll be ready to start something else, or I have plans to do something else at a certain age, or we want to move there's usually not a real plan behind it, very rarely. You know, I find that the whole conversation about when to retire or when, and and it's as if they are ending work. They are going to stop working. You know, it's like, I'm either working or I'm retired. There's no in-between. And it's like, I, it almost sounds to me like I'm going to work and then I'm going to stop working and then I'm really going to live my life then I'm really going to live, you know, I get to sleep in or I get to do. And it's like, you know, you could really live your life now. You could live now, even while you're working. How about, how would that feel? You know, you could work and really enjoy yourself. That would be nice, right? Um, It might not look exactly the same as it might look in 10 years when you're ready maybe to have a little bit of a, a a schedule, a little more ease in your life. I understand that there's some differences. But what I what I I personally have a hard time understanding is this sort of hard line between work and retirement as if retirement is some kind of um, Shangri-La or Nirvana, like all of a sudden my life's going to open up and I'm just going to be blissful all the time. And I've watched many of my friends retire. I have a bunch of friends who've retired in the last couple of years. And what I've seen them do is they've retired and they've had a really good time for a few months. And what I'm noticing is one by one, they each are going back to work part-time, not full-time, but part-time because they realized, I don't know what to do with myself. You know, like, It's not that they don't have outside interests or other things going on in their lives, but they've realized that um, they really aren't ready to stop doing something purposeful and they still have interests and they still have things they want to do. So, and, and I think the economy has also been part of the driver. I think they've gotten, some people have gotten a little uncomfortable with not having additional money coming in. So there's, there's that element, but I think that, that mindset, that framework around retirement, I, I almost want to start a course that that's called like, this isn't your parents' retirement. You know, my parents, their their retirement wasn't their retirement either. Yeah. I mean, my father's been retired. He's 92 now. He's been retired uh, as long as he was working basically. And, you know, now there were other things that occupied his time over the years, um, but but still, it's a long time to be not connected to something specifically outside yourself for that long a time. Well, so, I joke with my husband. He said, Do you want, you're going to ever formally retire? Says, he said, you said you would. I said, I told you that 15 years ago when I didn't know. Right. I mean, really, it sounded good. It's like, yeah, eventually it's in the future. I'm focused on now. And then I said, honestly, I I can't see it happening ever. I said things will shift. They might look different. But 
I'm engaged. I'm doing things with people I admire. I love doing them. And, and, And that flexibility that you talked about, that's been built in. Yeah. But also I realized, I said, okay, so imagine there's nothing going on in my life. How long do you think we will coexist? Because <laughs> I like to do stuff, right? And right. But it, but it also I watched people who've retired and they're at odds. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, well, what's where's my value? You know. And there's mm-hmm. so much. They're so wonderful, and they have so much to contribute. And the folks that are the happiest are the folks that have found some way to stay engaged, whether it's work mm-hmm. or volunteering or right. learning right. something new. Right. Yeah. And I think so. I don't think that it's necessarily that, oh, I'm never going to retire. I'm going to keep working, working, working. But I do think there's something to be said for living your life on purpose, whatever that means. Right. And the purpose might have something to do with what you want to do for yourself, even. That's fine. But if you still have, you know, your health and you're 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 either able bodied or your mind is in good shape why not do something that provides something good for the the rest of the world in some way i i think i think we we have a lot of privilege especially in this country but in a lot of developed countries why why should we not offer a little something elsewhere I'm right i mean that's just you. my that's my take but that's what i expect of myself i don't assume everyone else does of themselves but I, I think there's there's room to do lots of great things for yourself and enjoy yourself. And I enjoy myself when I'm doing things for other people and and adding value elsewhere. That is enjoyable to me, as is doing, you know, leisurely activities as well. So I don't see why you can't have it all. I agree. Well, and also when you are doing something for or alongside someone else, it does have um, it does kick in some of your neurotransmitters, the feel good ones. So mm-hmm. it's a self once you get going on it, it just kind of feeds itself and says, well, that was good. Let's do more of that. Yeah. So. You know, the other thing that I've heard people talking about, and this is more generally in so- social circumstances, I hear people anticipating their retirement. And I hear what they're walking away from, but I don't always hear what they're planning to go towards. And it it makes me a little sad when I hear that, that they've spent so many of the best years of their lives doing something that really didn't didn't fulfill them, that it, it fulfilled certain aspects of their lives, maybe enabled them to have you know, a roof over their head, food on the table, taking care of their family and all those things that are very, very important. But there's something they are just so desperate to get away from. And they've spent so much time in it. I think, wow, did they really think they had to stay there all that time? And I've, you know, I know people get attached to retirement plans and pensions and all of that. But it never occurred to them to maybe take a little time to get creative or curious and take charge. C-E-O-C. Yeah. And think maybe there is another way. But I've and I've, you know, occasionally will ask people a couple of questions. Oh, no, 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 no. I only have five more years. I'm going to do it. Five more years. It's like five years, five years of your life. 
I know. Right. But we're, you know, we're just in different stages. And I wonder to some degree for some folks, it's almost like you finally move off a dime when it's painful to stay where you are. Stove gets too hot, you move. Mm-hmm. Or there is something and all of a sudden, like you were saying, it's out there in front of you and you can feel it. You can say, oh, that's what I want to go towards, right? It's pulling me. It's calling me. I don't know what it looks like yet, but it's so connected to my heart that that can be very compelling to go, okay, I'm going to keep working, but I'm going to focus on what I want that to become for me, or at least explore it, stay curious about it. Right. Um, Exactly. And those things can be very compelling, but inertia is, is not our friend. No, 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 no. Um, And I also know I'm not being Pollyanna about this, that there are times where things feel slow and heavy and we have to Mm -hmm. motivate ourselves. When the time changes and the nights are short, I'm telling you at 430, I'm thinking, where are my pajamas? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I go, what is up with the dark? Um, And as much as I love the northern, northern, northern hemisphere, I'm thinking, oh, I'd sleep all that time. So (laughs) we but you have to set yourself up for kind of moving through it moving through it and setting up yourself up for success. I want to shift one more time in this conversation. If you'll go there with me, Tammy, I know you have a podcast and you've been doing that. Mm -hmm. And I, one of my questions about that is what are some of the surprising things or inspirational things that you have learned from either your clients or your podcast guests over the short you pick the time frame. It could be last year, six months, three weeks, whatever. Um, but what have they done that has surprised or delighted you recently? Mm. Well, you know, I think it's um, it, it, in a way, it's the kinds of things that I've made assumptions about. And then when I start having a conversation with them, I realize they dispel those assumptions. So and I'm del- I'm always delighted when somebody dispels my assumptions. I love that. Um, so, for example, I recently launched a pilot course because I'm in the process of developing an online course to help people move through a variety of job or career transitions. And so it was suggested to me that I do some market research, which basically meant that I would have conversations or interviews with a variety of people. And, but I already had it set in my mind who my target audience was for this course. And I was having a very casual conversation with uh, a podcast guest. It was like a pre and a pre interview. Now, she was not somebody who would normally be uh, a typical uh, person I would think of for this pilot course because she's she has her own business. She's very established. It wouldn't have occurred to me that she would be engaged in any specific kind of transition. And she asked me what I was up to these days, and I told her about my pilot course and what I was developing. And she said, oh, that sounds great. I want to do that. And she said, and I, I know a few other people I think who'd be interested. Next thing I know, she's practically helped me fill the pilot. With all these people, I would not have expected to be the typical people who'd want to take this pilot. I thought it was going to be more people who are either employed 
or unemployed who want to switch jobs, half the people in the pilot are entrepreneurs who are also thinking about either rebranding or moving their businesses in different directions. But I had made this assumption because I've been doing this for 23 years. I know what I'm doing. I know what this is supposed to look like. And so it was it was enlightening for me. It continues to be enlightening for me. I thought I knew what this pilot was going to look like and how it was going to proceed and how everybody in the pilot was going to bond and we were going to have this kumbaya and all this. And that's not what's happening. What's happening is, you know, this one has kids they have to go pick up. So they're, they're dialing into the pilot from their car and then this one can't make it. And this one, it's too late at night for her and she's falling asleep. And so, you know, it's like, that's why it's a pilot. It's very experimental and I'm learning, but I'm learning. And so you you think you know what's going to happen and everything's a lesson. Everything it's from it's from the people themselves. So what I've learned, I've learned this before, but I'm learning it big time right now is just don't assume anything. Just don't assume anything. Just look at what shows up and what can you learn from that? Um, I keep quoting uh, this book, the the last lecture by Randy Pausch, um, who was a professor at Carnegie Mellon. Unfortunately, he passed away from cancer, and he was about he he knew he was dying, and he went to give his last lecture, and it, they turned it into a book. And one of the things he says in the book is, "Experience is what you get when you didn't get what you wanted." I love that. I love the whole book, actually. Yeah. But um, I, I and I tell people that all the time. I say, this is what this this professor said. Experience is what you get when you didn't get what you wanted. Like, yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> it And it's powerful. It is. And it's true. <laughs> it is. And sometimes not getting what we think we want is best. Because it actually takes us somewhere. Yeah. And well, actually, that's of, what we want, right? We want to go somewhere. We, and I, it's that getting up, hung up on the how we get what we want. It's like, okay, I want it and I want it this way. But if you just right. say, I want it, and then experience life and pay attention. Yeah. It's coming. Just yeah. pay attention and yeah. do what you need to do as the opportunities come up. Don't just sit there and go, whoops, oh, that one went by. Missed that well, one. And there's nothing wrong with having a a goal or a target or something that you think you want to get out of it. Just watch your assumptions that it may not turn out the way you expect it. It might turn out even better or it might just turn out differently. And you just you learn from it one way or another. That's so true. And experience is um, isn't that what we're here for to experience life? I, I am. Yeah. That's, that's my theory on it anyway. I'll check in with you at some future date, many, many <laughs> decades from now. So um, with that, Tammy, what should I have asked you today? What's on your heart that you wish we would have talked about that I did not ask you about? Oh, my goodness. Um, um, I, that's a great question. That's a surprise question. Yeah. Um, 
What did you not ask me about? I can't think of anything you didn't ask me. I mean, I'm sure there are things you didn't ask me, but you you ask such great questions that um, I'm not feeling unasked or lacking in in inquiry. Um, I think that, um, you know, I guess the one thing I would point to would be given given the times we're living in right now, you know, how how are women dealing with or or facing their work lives, their professions, their careers? We're still facing inequities in the workplace. And yet we're also at a time where it seems like it's a little bit more of an employee's marketplace. There's a little bit more opportunity for us to call the shots, for women to call the shots. Although I'm not sure if that's, it would seem that way. I'm not 100% sure it's true. Um, But I'd like to encourage women to really not, not shy away from asking for what you want because and I think we we're so practiced at not shooting for the stars. And I think we ought to be because we have so much to offer. And there are a lot of organizations out there that really need us and they really need what we have to offer. And we need to we need to really find the best ways we can to explain or demonstrate that we can bring tremendous value to what what we're doing. I don't think we could end it any better than that. Find ways to demonstrate your value, show up, own your value, don't shy mm-hmm. away from it. You might just be surprised by even by doing that how many people go, "Wow. Yeah. I would have done more. <laughs> I would yeah. have given you more, right?" So I think we can underestimate ourselves. But yeah, it's a path. It's a process. Yes. So Absolutely. Tammy, I want to thank you for being on the podcast again. Don't be surprised if six to eight months from now, I'm not knocking on your door again and going, hey, let's revisit. Knock and away. I will knock away. And so folks, <laughs> remember, we talked a little bit about her framework, CEO, um, why we should each take charge of our professional lives, what she sees happening with women working and building their legacies. Something surprising things she's learned from her beta test, and most recently, what she wished I would have asked her. So with that, I'm encouraging you, if you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please share it with a friend, because there's somebody out there who's just waiting for you to say, listen to this, because they're waiting to hear what Tammy shares, because it's what they need. And if you haven't yet done it, we would be so thrilled, those of us on the Box team, if you would hop on over to our podcast rate and review us because that helps us reach so many more people in the world here on the Northern continent and all around the globe. So with that, we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. 
You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.